Are you ready to manage your work and personal world better to live a fulfilling, productive life? Then you've come to the right place. Productivity Cast, the weekly show about all things productivity. Here are your hosts, Ray Sidney Smith and Augusto Pinaud with Francis Wade and Art Gelwicks. Welcome back, everybody, to Productivity Cast, the weekly show about all things personal productivity. I'm Ray Sidney Smith. And I'm Augusto Pinot. And welcome back to our series on getting things done. These last several episodes and the next couple of episodes, we are covering all of the unique aspects, the, the fundamental components of getting things done, the, the methodology based on the book, Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity by David Allen. And I am actually holding a copy of the March 2015 edition that David Allen put out almost three years ago. And today, Augusto and I are going to be talking about the weekly review. And in that copy of the book, David Allen really calls the weekly review one of the critical success factors. And we're going to talk about three fundamental pieces. One, today we're going to talk about defining the weekly review in GTD terms, as well as in ways in which we really view the GTD weekly review construct today in our own systems. We're going to talk about our practice of the weekly review and what we've changed over time, how we have implemented the weekly review in our own systems today. And then some of the challenges that we all face in the implementation of the weekly review, because the weekly review is a challenge for so many people. We're going to talk about how people really make the weekly review happen. So let's start off, Augusto, with how, how do you define the weekly review? And what, I will, what I'll do first is I will, I will give David Allen's definition here. And what David Allen did is in the 2015 edition, he was so kind in the appendix to provide a glossary of terms, like a glossary of getting things done terms. So he's given us some, some definitions, which is actually really awesome. So under weekly review, he has the best practice, I'm quoting here from the book, the best practice recommended of regrouping at an operational level once a week, bringing up the rear guard by getting clean, clear, current, and creative to sustain week-to-week control and focus. So, Augusto, how do, how do you see the weekly review? Do, do you agree with that definition with David Allen in terms of it being what you do for your system? And how does that approach work for you? It does. And I really believe on the impact of, of the weekly review. Also, I, I really agree with what he said, that it is a fundamental part on on the success of getting things done and really anything you know over the years working and coaching with people one of the things that i have seen with with a lot of these people is they don't have that time to slow down to think to really be strategic about what is on their plate then instead of making good calls or, or making decisions that will impact their goals, their objective, and the direction they're taking, they tend to have a more reactive approach to life that at the end of the day, the only thing that it costs is a mess. The, the one way that I see the weekly review being the definition being lacking, and, and, and this is with you know due respect, but the component for me that I, I really use a lot in my weekly review is that I break down 
my reviews based on monthly, quarterly, and annual components. So there are things that I have checklists for that end up getting placed into my weekly reviews. So if you break up your year into quarters, you know, that's that's 13 weeks, every 13 weeks in my weekly review is a longer review. So from week to week, I'm not muddying the waters on my in my system by having these components bleed from from week to week. They are in essence in the checklist for those weeks. So I don't want people to misinterpret the fact that just because you're working from week to week, you don't have a longer view of the of your year and the and the things that need to be done in them. So it's not it's not really that the 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 definition is lacking so much that I want to make sure people know that they can be different reviews every week. When we get to talk about how we do that review, I want to revisit this topic because there is a couple of things that I that I do that I have advised to people over the years, couple of strategies that I think bring that variety to the weekly review on the time, energy, and mindset that you put to it. So, so when we get to that, I would like to revisit this this topic. I want to before we move on to our own systems, really cover the components of the of the of the weekly review. David Allen provides an an 11 point checklist broken into three different sections and I'm going to cover this just very briefly for those of you who are listening and have never heard about the weekly review before this will give you a good idea and then I'm going to turn the mic over to Augusto to talk about how his practice of the weekly review is today versus from when he started and some of the things that both of us have modified over time so David Allen like I said has it broken up into getting clear, getting current, and getting creative. And under get clear, he calls this an initial stage where you collect all of your paperwork, you know, things that are lying around in paper, but also in digital and getting them into your in tray or inbox where you can then zero them out. So you have uh, collecting loose papers and materials, getting your inbox to empty, and then emptying your head. In essence, you're doing a mini mind sweep so that you can get all those ideas about any new projects, action items, waiting fors, and so on and so forth, uh, they're captured and clarified. Then we get into the get current stage where, uh, again, he talks about bringing up the rear guard. And this is where you rev- review your lists. And so, it, as I was saying earlier in my, my definition of the weekly review, I include the longer reviews because on those quarter months, quarters, and then annual reviews, I'm doing those reviews as a part of my weekly review. But he says, Review your next actions lists, review previous calendar, in this case, two to three weeks of calendars uh, in the past to see if that brings up anything that you need to do for the future. Reviewing your upcoming calendar. So he says, look to the long and short-term calendar entries to see if there aren't things that you need to do for upcoming events, you know, preparing for meetings or preparing for upcoming travel and meetings and so on and so forth. Review your waiting for list. So if you're waiting for things from someone, you can go ahead and uh, capture those as actions to follow up with those people. You have review projects and larger outcome lists. That means evaluating the, evaluate the status, quoting here, evaluate the status of projects, goals, and outcomes one by one, ensuring that at least one kickstart action for each is in your system, end quote. Then he says, review any relevant checklists. And this is where my longer term checklists would probably fit in. So you review any checklists you that you need to get your various 
engagements, interests, and responsibilities, as he says, done. Then he gets to get creative, and get creative is a review of your someday maybe list, and then he calls this the be creative and courageous portion, where, quote, are there any new, wonderful, harebrained, creative, thought-provoking, risk-taking ideas you can capture and add into your system or external brain, end quote. And so this is his opportunity for you to uh, be creative. You know, I, I find, and, and Augusto, you probably agree with me here, you know, I find that the get creative portion of my weekly review really happens in the mind sweep portion and really throughout the rest of my weekly review. I don't spend a lot of time in that be creative and courageous portion because by virtue of reducing my stress by knowing that I'm reflecting and planning out my next current week, I'm able to have the the headspace and the creative space to be able to make the those ideas surface. So I don't necessarily spend a lot of time in the creative and courageous period. I agree with you. And the other thing that happened to me is for for many years I have been using what I call the extraordinary hour. And it's uh, between half an hour and an hour, depending how crazy my schedule is and gets, where I basically sit to do exactly that. But it's not necessarily on the weekly review. Uh, it happened at least every Thursday, first thing in the morning, where I block that half an hour to an hour, depending, again, how crazy the week is, where I basically sit with a blank piece of paper and crayons, okay, different colors. Uh, and sometimes I doodle for an hour. Sometimes I solve issues. Sometimes nothing happened. And I'm okay with the three options. But over the years, week by week by week of that extraordinary hour, that is what I call it, has been incredible for me, not only to solve problems, but to find solutions, to get ideas, to move projects forward, and other things that it's simply a time where I'm, I'm basically allowing myself to sip coffee for half an hour at least and have a clean page and hey sometimes again it's just doodling of different colors is completely fine i couldn't agree more in in terms of of making the weekly review and in your case the extraordinary hour something that matches your ability to plan out the things you need for the upcoming week or weeks ahead of you and whatever helps you reflect and plan is what you should do you should really spend that time and this is obviously a rate of diminishing return if you do too much but i think it's i think it's important for people to recognize that the issue of efficiency is not necessarily as important as the issue of effectiveness when it comes to review reflecting and planning and that is the other thing that i have discovered with this and and with the weekly review that over the years I have seen as a common issue for people. People, one, don't plan the weekly review. Second, their weekly review move with their schedule. And I believe as the extraordinary hour require a time, the weekly review require a time. For many, many, many years, my weekly review was Friday first thing in the morning. Now, because life has changed to Saturday first thing in the morning. But it's Saturday first thing in the morning, every Saturday, no matter what. Same thing with Extraordinary Hour. Because what people do, that do not have yet that habit don't understand is when you do that, your brain also gets trained to be a lot more effective into getting into the needed mood to do that weekly review. It's at the beginning, it's a struggle 
to really get into the mindset for the weekly review. But the more consistent you do it on the same day and around the same time, the fastest your brain gets into the the place it needs to be to really have an effective weekly review. You said that your weekly review time had changed, and we'll talk about time and place in a little bit. I want to I want to talk first about um, how you practice your weekly review review today and how that's changed over time and what you what you do more specifically as it relates to to the to the weekly review as it as it was sort of promulgated by David Allen in in 2001 i, I was I, I you know we we frequently joke about the fact that we've been doing the weekly review for quite a long time i won't i won't i won't put you on the spot but i'll say that <laughs> since since 2001 i mean it's been it's been almost 20 years now of having practiced gtd and i've been doing the weekly review ever since and it's provided such value. There, there obviously have been changes over time. I, I have again admitted on another on other episodes and other shows that it's been the last couple of months. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not with, <laughs> but that said, I yes, when I begin doing the weekly review, I used to work with that sheet. David Allen used to sell, or David Allen Company. I don't know if they still do a laminated sheets were had that and, and it was really, really nice. And and that's what I used to use at the beginning. Now I over the years that has evolved and my check, current checklist uh contains six parts. So first is preparation. Preparation for me is getting ready and get into that into that mood. You know, the second part is is getting into the right mindset. Then the third part is get the big rock first. Second or fourth part is the cleaning. Uh, then the part five is now go into the system. And the part six is fine or check those relevant checklists, as you were saying, that change, you know, through the year or through the quarter or even through, through the month. And, and I would like to get more into, into detail as we go and progress into this one, into what those things and why it follow that strict path of things and why over time of doing those that path consistently i have been able to accomplish or to get to some of the places i have been able to get with this yeah so let's go into a little bit more of, about what you're talking here you have you have these six fundamental areas it is it is, it is. And, and i and i will never deny the, the influence the positive and massive influence that this component of the getting things done has had on on what i do so so the preparation is to me, to be a start to get ready or to be ready to to go or jump into the mindset. And for me, includes some breathing exercise, includes getting in the mood. And that's usually Beethoven 9 with loudspeakers or headphones, depending if I have people sleeping around me. And then it's water and coffee. For years, I don't know when, uh, but now since you're going to make me at mid-year, so at least more than 10, okay? Um I mean, you can say months. You can. For, for more than 10 months, I have have a mocha coffee for my weekly review. Uh, you know, when, when I was doing on Fridays and I was heavy traveling, used to be a Starbucks, and I just get a venti mocha and I start with that. Now, depending where I am, I just make sure that I have a venti a, a mocha coffee for me for the weekly review on water. So after I have that, then I do what is what I call the get into the mindset. And basically, 
get into the mindset, I have a set of quote unquote rules and, and checklist of things I don't want to do. One of them, and we have talked about this one, is that I do not do list, okay? And I do not have list. And there is a, a, a rules of uh, standard, standards that I want to maintain. So I, after I set up and begin the music and all that, that's where I go next. Why? Because that is going to allow me to set the standard on which I want to review everything in my in my world. Okay. After that, then I go to what I call the big rocks. So I evaluate the week before. Okay. What could have helped if I will have done it differently? Do I need to remember stuff? I check uh, yesterday, today, and the next 15 days in the calendar. Okay. And after that, I make sure before I go into anything else that I have in the calendar for at least the next week, usually the next couple, four things. Time to recharge. That's the first thing I check. Why? Because most people put work, family, events, and everything, but never put the time to recharge first. Time to recharge need to be blocked first. Second, time to read and think. Why? Well, in part because I recharge that way, but in second, because otherwise I will never read and I will never have time to think. And I earn my living doing both. Uh, so it is really important. Third, it's time to write. And finally, the time, the extra time that is left is for managing my businesses. Why I do it that way? Most people do it on the opposite way. They search the business, then they search what is important to them, and then they hope that they're going to have free time. And what that produces, without any doubt, is an eventual burnout. Because you never protect the time you need to recharge, the time you need to fit what is important for you. So years ago, I, I discovered that if I flip that equation and first protect that time, I can work not only more, but more effectively in a more consistent way. So because of that, I, I organize it that way. The next step I do now is the cleaning. But as you can see, I'm already deep into the weekly review by the time I get to cleaning. Uh, I advise to people, if you have not the time to clean daily, then try to clean, at least do a heavy clean the night before you do the weekly review. So that way, you don't, this cleaning part doesn't take an hour because you only have so much brain power on that, you know, and, and after an hour and a half, two hours, you start diminishing that brain power and the weekly review start being effective. So... I go into my inbox, I clean OmniFocus, I clean, I process my notebook, uh, okay, and check that there is nothing else. Sometimes, hey, there is a slips on my backpack or, or my bag or there is some stuff on my wallet. I try to process all that, okay? And then I go to the part five, that is I go project by project and figure it out what I needed to do. And then... When I look at the actions and the projects, I look at those on three perspectives. 
what are what I call my impact projects. So things that are getting me closer to the things that are goals and important for me. The daily projects. Hey, I need to feed the dog every day, otherwise we'll create problems for me. Okay, I need to buy groceries. I need to do a bunch of stuff that happen on a daily life and they need to happen. You need to have them. And then I have what I call the maintenance projects. Okay, for example, check the books of the company, enter the stuff into Quicken. That is not impact. It's not making money for me, but it needs to be done. So you need to have it somewhere. I don't like to mix them. Okay, so they go into what I call the maintenance bucket. It's the stuff that needs to happen, but it's not a priority to happen. Okay, and finally, I go to check those checklists. Okay, on this part five, I do it in two ways. Odd weeks, okay, I go projects A to C, and even weeks, I do it the opposite way. I go C to A. The reason for that is, as I was saying before, you only have so much brain power. So what happens when you start on the A, as you get approaching to the C, your brain is tired, and you start making worse decisions or say, oh, yeah, 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 that project is fine, okay? Everybody who do a weekly review do that. So when you go even on one direction, odds on the other direction, what happens is you guarantee that at least every other week you review every project with high level of brain. So you get to move things in a much more effective way. And then the part six are where those, hey, it's a spring checklist. I have a fall checklist. I have a summer checklist, okay? I have an also a monthly checklist. So if it's the middle of the month, I may not check it, but I have the July, the August, the September, because there are things that need to happen, okay? Uh, you know, when the, so, so I want to make sure all these things are in track. It takes me seconds to check them, but it saved me a lot. Uh, and that's basically what my weekly review is. Um, as I said, I don't go into that get creative that the getting things done original list do, not because I don't think it's important, but because I get that piece or that component separate on its own time, usually starts the morning, where I go open a piece of paper and play. Thanks, Augusto, for going through that that detailed overview of your weekly review. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give a comparison in terms of how I do my weekly review and just point out some of the things that I do differently and some of the things that I do the same for listeners. I think this will be really helpful for you. So with, with my weekly review, I do hold pretty closely to the organization that David Allen has given, but I have changed the weekly review checklist so that they are identifying explicitly the things that I need to check. So for example, I've itemized all of my inboxes so that when I go through and clear, I'm actually reading the checklist that says, go to personal email and then the email address so that I have all of the email address inboxes itemized and all the calendars itemized and all of the various places where I could have random things that I want to make sure that I don't forget to look for. So this has been really helpful for me to be able to know exactly where it is that I need to have 
my mind focused on so that the checklist is is longer because I'm I'm very clearly itemizing where I need to go for things, but it's very, very helpful because it reduces my overhead. I don't have to think which inboxes do I have to look and and you know and and process. For example, I don't consider my Twitter direct messages, my DM inbox, a an inbox that needs to be processed. So I've chosen which inboxes are quote unquote official inboxes of Raymond and the rest are not looked at. And so make a decision and get rid of the other inboxes that are not ones that you're going to process. Are you going to process your Facebook messages? Are you going to process your text messages inbox? Are you going to, are, are, are you only going to focus on specific ones? And I've chosen to limit myself to those so that I can have very clear focus. And that means maybe forwarding some text messages or forwarding some screen captures of conversations on Facebook or on Twitter into my inbox so that I'm able to then process it from one or as few places as possible. The, the other is that I have as as we said already, and Augusto and I share this, I, I don't really do the creative thing very well. And my someday maybe is probably much bigger than most people because I focus on just the next week and sometimes two weeks if I'm if I'm really trying to plan out something that's going to to flow two weeks pretty closely in tie. I want to pay attention to how that's working. Then I'm I'm planning out the the tasks and the actions for the upcoming week. I'm not going much more beyond that because in reality, I don't have very much control over that. So I really like the idea of reducing my stress but not by not having to worry about things that are happening four and five and six weeks away. And I think that you said something that is important and tied up with what I was trying to explain before that you have during the time of the weekly review, a limited amount of mental power or mental capacity. And having that detail of checklist, what allows you to do, I guess, is to do not waste mental cycles into, okay, which email address or which inbox or which any of those, because you now have a really good detail of which ones they are, so that way you can just follow a step-by-step instead of thinking what is the next one. Yeah, it's all about reducing, for me, the overhead necessary to get into my weekly review. And so I follow the, the checklist pretty closely. Other than that, besides the fact that, like I said, my system is designed around just the next week or two, and so my everything else gets pretty much put onto something akin to a someday maybe. It's just that it doesn't show up on and in my system in in that way. One one unique thing about my system are the checklists because I have checklists for every month, quarter, and then on the annum. I have I have a series of checklists where I've created those tasks. So for example, if there is a fall. In the you know near the end of the fall, during that weekly review, I will copy all of the fall checklist items into my system, and they're things like call the gutter cleaners, call the you know, people who have to come around and do the winterizing of the property, so that so that the house and and everything else is is prepared for the winter. I have those already created. I'm going to do them every year, and they're usually just a series of easy, quick phone calls. They're not things that I can necessarily automate because I have to call and discuss and so on and so forth. 
So this allows me to be able to very quickly get those things into the system. And otherwise, they're, they're limited from my view because they sit inside of the checklist list and they are accepted from all of my saved searches. So I've, I've chosen to tag them all. And then in my system, whenever I do a save search or in general, they're going to be removed from view because they're, they're filtered out. So you're able to do that in some of your systems. So really think about that. I like the idea of being able to have a checklist where I'm, I'm going to just you know, duplicate the items, throw it into the system, and then very quickly identify, uh, you know, where they where they go. Are they calls? Are they emails? And what needs to happen? Or if if I need to go do it myself, do I need to go to the hardware store and pick up some something in order to make that happen? So those things really make my quarterly movement between the seasons almost seamless. And so if you, you, if you have to keep up your home, I'm presuming everybody has to do some home upkeep. Uh, this gives you the chance for spring cleaning and for fall cleaning with, with much more aplomb and confidence than you would otherwise. So at this point, Augusta, I wanted to, to switch into kind of the challenges and maybe some of the advanced strategies for being able to effectively do weekly reviews. I know that for me, with the GTD DC and GTD NYC meetups, I meet people every month who tell me that they struggle to do the weekly review. And while I understand why they struggle, it's seemingly overwhelming. I have myself been able to consistently do it for so many years because I understand its value to me. I see its, I see its value in my own ability to get things done. So Let's talk about some of the challenges people face. And I think one of the, the first things that we touched on a little bit earlier was finding the time, mental headspace, and physical space to do a weekly review. So do you do your weekly review in the same place every week? And you talked about having you know, your Cafe Mocha and your Beethoven Ninth Symphony and you know, getting yourself in the right sensory experience. And I think that I'll, I'll touch on this a little bit more, but uh, because I think it's really important. But what do you do to make sure that you sit down to your weekly review at the same time and place every week? It is it is not necessarily on the same place. I ten months ago, uh, to continue the joke, when I started doing getting things done, uh, I was traveling significantly. Like at that time, I was traveling around two hundred and fifty thousand miles a year. Okay, so there was really not a place. I never knew where I was going to be Friday morning. I knew my calendar was blocked Friday morning to do weekly review. So it happened in a Starbucks, on an airport, on a hotel somewhere. So from the beginning for me, the weekly review had never had a physical space tied up to it. That's the reason I do the same music. That's the reason I do the headsets. That's the reason I do the same coffee. Okay, because those two elements allow me to bring the brain to, oh, we're going to be thinking and processing. So that's that's what it's been for me. What it has been for me is the time. It's usually the first thing I do for, I, when it was Friday, Fridays. Now that it's Saturdays is the first thing I do Saturdays. I actually, I have two relatively small kids. So I wake up early on Saturday, same time I, I wake up during the week. So that way they are for sure not up. So by the time they get up, I may be in the last 
string of the weekly review or I will be done by then. But I try to take that time to be super consistent on the same one because what allows me is to get the to get the brain into the space that need to be much, much faster. I think you make some really key points here in terms of getting to the weekly review. And I I liken this to the idea of going to the gym or exercising in some way, shape, or form. Many people have talked about the idea that you you set out your gym clothes, maybe you go to sleep in your gym clothes, and you have your running shoes next to your bed. That reduces the friction that might block you from continuing toward the process of going for your run or, or heading out the door and going to the gym. You need to reduce those barriers and also set up a as many senses to experience the weekly review so that you are you are triggered by all of those various senses. And, and again, we have we have five common senses. We have more senses than that by some scientists' standards, but by and large, we have the five senses given to us. And we need to have all of them queued up that the weekly review is ready to start. And so, yeah, similar to you, Augusto, you know, I have a, a particular flavor of yogurt and I have a particular drink and I sit down typically with the same equipment in the same space and try to do my weekly review on Friday mornings. And the reason I do mine early Friday mornings are because I don't know why this is, but I get fairly stressed out if I finish my weekly review and I've not had a chance to get a jump start on things. So very similar to my annual review, I close out my annual, my, I close out my year on October 31st so that I can get a jump on the next year. And maybe this is just because of school, you know, during the summer break, I would want to read all the textbooks and various upcoming readings for the upcoming year because I wanted to be prepared. I think the same thing for me as well with the weekly review, as well as with my annual review and and annual reflecting and planning process. So I want Friday morning to be the place where I reflect on the past week, you know, past uh, at that point from Saturday to, to Thursday, and then to be able to have Friday to, as David Allen says, bring up the rear guard. Anything that may not have been as ideal during the first four days of the work week, I'm now able to catch up and make some of those final tying the loose ends on Friday itself. And that way I can go into the weekend with pretty clear understanding of what's been done and that next week, I'll be coming into the office with things already in motion. So I really like doing that. And that was the reason, part of the reason, my weekly review was on Friday. Usually, as anybody who travels for work, Friday is the day you try to go back home. So what used to happen is Friday morning was great. Usually I have meetings, but then by noon or two, I was catching a plane. But then having the weekly review at that time allowed me to send a significant amount of emails follow up so that way when I land whenever I was going to get home I could have some of those things moving forward or at least follow up now that I don't travel it's not as relevant um, as it used to be it may be also how things are changed work-wise for me but they're not as relevant so there is not really a significant gain for me between Friday and Saturday and then what I have been able to do is I can spend more time on Saturday that I was able to spend on Friday. So has allowed me to get the weekly review, to enjoy 
the weekly review a lot more than than what used to be. I think it's also important that we recognize that our brains are designed to, to remember things based on physical location. And it's like our hunter-gatherer ancestors, they knew where their campsite was, they knew where their cave was, they knew where their shelter was built, and needed to be able to go back to those places. And as a remnant of that, we are very much designed around our territory. And so things get done in the spaces that we recognize. And so the, the ability for you to manifest that you're in a particular place is context for you being able to gear up the appropriate things to be done. So if you're going out on the hunt as a hunter-gatherer, by virtue of you going out there and you having your spear or whatever you've built as your weapon, you go out there into the prairies, the prairies, you know, the, the forest or wherever you are is indicator that you're going to go into hunting mode. Your tools and utensils are telling you that you're in hunting mode because you're holding them. The same thing with your weekly review. You need to be able to set up your environment to trigger yourself as best as possible that you're going into that, that modality. And the, the better you can do that and the faster you can do that with as little friction as possible, the more likely you are to, to, to set the stage to make that happen. And that is co that is completely correct, and that's what so we were saying at the beginning. Most people who don't have weekly review, it's a really hard habit to acquire. The people who had acquired them swear by them. Okay, Every, everybody I know who had seen the benefit long term of the weekly review do a weekly review and keep doing the weekly review. Everything else may fail, but the weekly review happen. And as a person who just recently and really recently started looking into exercise as a habit, I, I never thought about the, the, the similarity between the weekly review and, and going to, to the gym or doing some exercise. Okay, it is it is the same for the when when I begin at the beginning of this year, you know, taking serious that exercise uh, in, in the name of energy and and I start looking. I was going to do this now, you know, every day. What I didn't, it was really hard for me to get into the habit. Now that is an ingrained part of my day. Okay, it's exactly the opposite. The days that I can do that exercise first thing in the morning for whatever reason, okay, are days that my day tend to struggle and tend to be more challenging than the days I can get the exercise first thing in the morning because that's the time I have trained my body that we do this exercise. With the weekly review happen, what happened is really similar. When you are you get into the habit of do that thing once a week and you skip the week. What happened is you feel it. And that's exactly what makes you go back, you know, as soon as possible to sit in there and do it because you start getting that disgust factor into your, I don't know where things is. There's a mess. I don't, and you start getting that uncomfortable feeling, same as you feel when you have been doing the exercise in a certain way and you 
cannot do in one morning. And so there are a couple of the other things that I think people tend to, to be challenged by, and I want to just uh, throw these out there for those of you who are listening and and may feel challenged by the weekly review in some way, shape, or form. One is the length of time that the weekly review can take to be completed. And Augusto kind of touched on this a little bit, which is that you should always be clarifying as you are if you're capturing all of your open loops in life you can't just wait until the weekly review and then sit down and say okay now i'm going to clarify all those items and be prepared for next week in reality you really really need to be clarifying as you as you go along i actually make make a rule for most of my my clients to say that if you have a uh, a, a number of open loops a, a number of items that you capture on a regular basis, you should take the, the the modal average that is adding them all up and dividing them by the number of them that you're seeing. And over the course of several weeks, you should get a pretty good average of the of the number that you're capturing, and then tracking for some period of time how long it takes to process those items. And so then you get another average, which is okay. It generally takes about an hour every day to process all of the items that come into my inbox. Well, if it takes two hours, if it takes three hours, I don't particularly, that's, that's not an issue for me to judge. It's just a, a fact of life. So you then need to dedicate that amount of time every week so that you can make sure that you're capturing and clarifying so that going into your weekly review, there are some minor loose ends, a few items you need to clean up here and there. But you should not be going into your weekly review with all of those things sitting in your inbox. Now, I say that with full understanding that when I started the, my, my getting things done practice back in 2001, there was no question that my weekly reviews took six and seven hours because that's what I thought. I thought I would just capture everything all along throughout the week. If there was anything, wasn't anything specific that needed to be done at a, at, a, at a date and time before the weekly review, then I would just wait until the weekly review and then clarify all those things at that time. It's ultimately very inefficient and will cause you a great deal of stress and you will you will respond by being repelled by the weekly review so always be processing always be clarifying and that, and that is an important thing when i describe my process i say hey there are moments i get it okay you are so busy that the fact that you're capturing should consider a win and that is a win Okay, and that is the moment where you should then go to that Friday night or the day before, in my case, it's Friday night, and then go, fine, open a bottle of wine, try to get to inbox zero. That way, when you get to do the weekly review on Thursday, what you have to process and clean up is minimal. Okay, and then you can go and really think. For for I got lucky on the sense that my bad habits of processing came later, not at the beginning. At the beginning, you know, when at the beginning for me, I was into this hype of the inbox zero. So I was pressing when that input volume because of work and life and everything started getting more than the time I had to process was where I began finding that problem that I could not spend time Friday morning where I have maybe an hour, maybe two uh, tops, okay, three hours processing. So my weekly review, I noticed start suffering. That's when I said, okay, I need to find a better solution. And the solution was the night before. I will get as much processing as possible. 
and that's what I have coached my customers. You need to go as clean as possible when you begin. Because if you need to do, as you said, three hours of cleaning, you don't have brain power to the two hour and a half or two hours that require a good weekly review. Okay. The other part is the cleaner you get, the more chance you have to reduce that hour and a half to, to an hour or 45 minutes. Uh, that's the other element that most people don't see. Again, the, the second, uh, as we were discussing, the time, that variability on the time, oh, I do the weekly review one day, one week on Wednesday, one week on Tuesday, one week on Monday. Try to get it as consistent as humanly possible because that make a difference, a significant difference uh, for people. And one of the things I have seen over the years that is one of the largest obstacles is People is afraid of the amount of projects they have. Therefore, oh, if I don't do weekly review, I don't know how much stuff I have. Well, that's a great theory, except it doesn't work. Your brain knows how much stuff you have. Not only that, if you are not paying attention to that, all that stuff go back to the brain and you need to recollect it okay and it's going to come again and it's going to come and bother you again because if you don't trust that the system has the information it's going to come back to the brain one of the reasons people don't do good weekly reviews is that they do not trust the system and they do not trust the system because they don't come to the weekly review enough they think that because they are going to spend 45 minutes once a week, that's it. And when that's in, when you are on a non-stressful week, that's it. But I, when you are on a crazy, overwhelmed week, you need to get into that weekly review often. And I have recommend people, and I have done this, when things get crazy, you need to do a mini version of the weekly review every day and sometimes twice a day, okay? Why? Because you are on a crisis. It's that overwhelming. You can call it a crisis, okay? And you need to make sure that the next action you make is critical. I was coaching a customer or a client last year. It was January or this year, January of this year. Okay, and this person came into one of those crisis week. Okay, he was overwhelmed with the stuff, of, amount of stuff he needed to do and the deadlines and all that. And he was into a lot of stress. So came to our call and he the call begins saying, I only, instead of the time we normally have, I can only spend 15 minutes with you. That's fine. You, you, we keep the 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 time as billable time as it is, but I can only spend 15 minutes with you. I'm so busy. As we start discussing, I ask him, okay, fine. What you have done today that will make an impact to that? And his answer was, I took the Christmas light out of the border of the house. Okay. And as soon as he said that loudly, he started laughing. I laugh. Okay. Because there was zero importance or priority or anything that will have affect his world to take. Did he, did taking the Christmas light out of the border of the house was on his next action list? Yes, it was. Did it was relevant or will have make any impact to the situation he had right now in his life? No, it will not. 
But if when you get to those moments, you don't pay attention, what of those actions will impact your situation and will not impact the situation, you will tend to make the poor choices. Why? Because they are easier to make at that time. It is the same thing with the weekly review. The weekly review, what it gives you is those tools to be able to see what produce that impact and what doesn't. But if you skip it, the probability that you are going to pick the ones that does that do not produce impact is really, really high. And just as you are talking about the fact that if things get so busy that you feel that your time to do the weekly review is restricted, the inverse is actually true. It's counterintuitive, but you should be spending more time actually preparing for the next strategic step. A lot of people also say to me that they don't have enough time in in one chunk to do the weekly review in one one time period. And so, again, that goes back to my general rule, which is that break it into as many parts as you need to. Again, as long as you're doing all of the parts of the weekly review, you actually don't need to do them all at the same time. So, for example, you might take the weekly review checklist and break it into daily chunks. So the 11 checklist item can be broken up into, say, seven days. And every morning, you do a little bit of each of those things. So you get your loose paper and materials collected together, and then you process your inbox to zero. Then the next day, you go ahead and do a mind sweep. And then on Wednesday, you go ahead and review your next actions list. And then on the next day, you preview your calendar data and your future calendar data and see if any actions spring up from that. Then on the following day, you can look at your waiting waiting for list. And on the following day, you can do a project by project review and so on and so forth, right? You can break down the weekly review so that you're doing, in essence, a, a daily review of a component of the weekly review so that every seven to 10 days, you are now having done the bringing up the rear guard as David Allen talks about here. So don't feel that you have to do the weekly review all at one time. Maybe you do the get clear on one day, get current on one day, and get creative on the other day. So you break it up into three days. And so therefore, it's a little less overwhelming and much more likely that you're going to do it. But the caveat to what you just described is then it needs to keep that consistent. So you always are going to do now Every Tuesday, they collect the papers. Every Wednesday, the other part. Every Thursday, the next one. Every Friday, the next one. Because as soon as you start adding variability to that, you start losing the power of that. And I think, I think this comes down to work style also. Some people actually thrive on variability and to some, to some extent so that you might decide that for three months, you're going to do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday and do it consistently on that Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then three months later, you're going to do it some other way differently. I don't, I don't mind that as long as it's, as you said, Augusto, consistent in some way, shape, or form such that it isn't constant change because the constant change is actually going to reduce your ability to actually do it consistently, and I, I agree with you there. As we close out this episode, do you have any final thoughts on the weekly review and the value of the weekly review that it has brought to your productivity system over the years, Augusto? As I said, it's one of the things out of the, the original reading of the book that has bring an invaluable effect for mine. It allows me to go, especially on crazy, on when it gets crazy, allows me to 
get back to center to make sure that the next actions are making are the next actions that need to be made. Make sure that the the things are not falling into the crack. That even when things get crazy and doesn't matter if you do the weekly review, they will get crazy. You have the ability to take back for a moment and think, for a moment and reflect, and for a moment and make sure that you continue moving forward, that the actions you are taking tend to produce more impact than not. Well said. I think that we can all take to heart the fact that that a, a review done consistently is going to be an opportunity for you to be able to best take advantage of your near-term future. And I think so many people forget the fact that humans are not planning creatures by some divine ability. We are what's latest and loudest. What's going? What's right in front of us? What's the thing that's going to eat us? What's the thing that we're going to eat? And we pounce on that thing. We need to be able to take a step back, though, to look to our future self and see what we can do to benefit our future self. And the weekly review is really that time for me when I'm able to give some benefit to my future self by doing that reflecting and that planning and the action plans necessary to make make my near-term future a happier me. So I really, I really appreciate the weekly review and its ability to help me do that. Also, for those who are looking for some assistance with their weekly review, I, as I said, am the organizer and facilitator of the GTD meetups in both Washington, D.C. and New York City. And as a part of that, we have created something called the Weekly Review Accountability Party, or RAP. You wrap up your week. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, every uh, Friday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, uh, we meet via video meeting and we do our weekly reviews together. So the idea is to be accountable to doing the weekly review on screen. We have everyone muted and uh, you get to doing your weekly review and you just have that level of accountability to doing that. So if you're interested in uh, joining us, go ahead over to www personalproductivity.club. Again, www.personalproductivity.club. Go ahead and join and you'll see the weekly meeting available there on the homepage. Uh, and uh, so you can join us. So hopefully that will help some folks who are uh, struggling to show up to do the weekly review and uh, power through it by having the support of a community who's also doing the weekly review in real time with you. And with that, do you have a question or comment about this cast, about the weekly review, or something we discussed generally? If you're listening from your favorite podcast app, we invite you to jump over to productivitycast.net. There at the bottom of the episode page, feel free to leave a comment or question. One of us will be glad to respond. Here on the episode page, you'll also find the show notes, so links to anything we discussed are here and easily jump to from the show notes. You can learn how to subscribe here on the website as well. Do you have a question? about personal productivity generally, go ahead and visit productivitycast.net forward slash contact. And there you can leave a text written based message. You can shoot us an email through the form, or you can leave a voice based message, record it directly within the website, and it'll send us a voice message and we'll be able to listen to it and respond uh, to you directly or here on the show. So feel free to do that. Thanks to Augusto Pinaud for joining me here on this cast and always on Productivity Cast. And if you could, please leave a rating or review in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, 
or wherever you listen to your podcast. And we just enjoy the uh, gratitude and hearing from you all. It helps us to grow our personal productivity listening community. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That brings us to the closeout of this episode of Productivity Cast, the weekly show about all things productivity. I'm Ray Sidney Smith. And I'm Augusto Pinot. Here's to your productive life. Take care, everybody. That's it for this Productivity Cast, the weekly show about all things productivity with your hosts, Ray Sidney Smith and Augusto Pinoud with Francis Wade and Art Gelwicks. <laughs>